Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we share the good news of Jesus in this uncertain world. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, please reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. Now, if you've missed any episodes, you can go to anchor.fm and look for me, Sal Passos. While you're there, hit the support button and help this podcast to continue. For those of you on YouTube, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these exciting shows. Thank you once again for your support, and I'll be seeing you soon on The Truth Must Be Told. Hey, we're going to continue our look at the word faith movement today on The Truth Must Be Told. Stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'll be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. It's late on a Saturday. I hope you all are having a great weekend. Um, excuse me. I hope you're having a great weekend so far. It's been uh, uh, wonderful and exciting uh, around here at the Passos household. We are uh, we're just running into some awful fun stuff, stuff that happens, uh, I guess, to have people every day. Uh, we had one of our cats fixed over the, uh, yesterday, and he got out of the cage last night, and he seems to be fine. He broke out of the carrier. I don't know how he did that. He's... I'm going to change his name from DJ to uh, <clears throat> DJ to uh, Houdini. And, uh, uh, you know, and then our washing machine's having trouble, but thank God we have a new one coming on. Well, not a new one, a used one coming on Monday. Uh, just, you know, these, it, it's just one thing after another, and you know how it is. And that's just life. That's the way it goes. And maybe if we were... Maybe if we had less sin in our life and we confessed uh, more to Jesus that uh, <clears throat> that these things aren't happening, maybe they wouldn't happen. At least that's what the positive confession people say. You name it and claim it, you blab it and grab it, right? Well, that's some of the things we're going to be talking about today uh, on The Truth Must Be Told. But uh, we're glad the uh, we're glad things are, are going along the way they're going. Um all things considered, uh, you know, lift up prayers for my uh, my cousin's daughter. Uh, she uh, is getting better. She's uh, she was diagnosed with uh, COVID uh, two days after getting the shot. So uh, it's the way it goes. Um, and uh, you know, we're just we're just trusting God to take care of us, and it's a whole different thing of of trusting the Lord as opposed to telling him what he's going to do, because that's, again, what the Word Faith Movement does. But we're, um, can you believe that today is the 22nd of January already? Wow. And it's cold down here in Alabama. It's uh, right now, it's like 36 degrees outside, which is really cold for us. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be up in the 50s tomorrow and up near 60 by the end of the week. So we should, we should uh, be in a little better shape. I just love the weather down here. It's so funny, you know. Uh, we, you know, Christmas Day it was like seventy degrees. <laughs> yeah, it's just I love it. But it is better than having all that snow. Uh, though we did have a little freezing rain on Friday morning, but that's uh, that's to be expected. It was no big deal. But uh, anyway, 
Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on? Uh, not much else. We're just uh, appreciate your prayers as the ministry continues. We're reaching out uh, to more people. I'm looking at it, getting onto some different, uh, not some different, but additional platforms. Um, and we're uh, we're uh, we're just looking to see what we can what we can get into, and what we can do. Um, but yeah, there's some uh, there's some changes coming down the road, and we're we're doing what we can. All right. So uh, I, before I start the show today, I want to reiterate what I spoke about the other day, and this is very very important. Um, in my efforts to speak out about the false teachings of those people that we're going to address here during the, as we study the Word Faith Movement, because we are going to be taking different um, ministers usually on in, in each program, because there's just too much to go through on one program with all of them. So we're gonna we're gonna go after one at a time. But I have been criticized that I shouldn't judge others. You know, people have uh, thrown out the Bible verse in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, about judging, judge not, or you too will be judged. Well, this is a misquoted text, and it's taking it out of context. True, Jesus warns us about judging, but the type of judging is a hypocritical judgment. Judging, uh, judging someone for doing something that they were already doing. Excuse me. That they're already doing. I'm having a little trouble with my audio today. Stand by. All right. So the uh, – stay put. Hey, listen to me. Stay put. Um, talking to the microphone for those of you who don't know what's happening. The um, – Jesus doesn't want us to be hypocritical. You know, point our fingers at somebody and say, oh, look, you're, uh, you shouldn't be doing this when you're doing the exact same thing. This is what he was talking about, the speck in, you want to take out the speck in your brother's eye, but you're ignoring the log that's in your own. We have to judge within guidelines of the Bible, and that's the way we do it safely. And in matters of, of doctrine, of theology, we have absolutely every right to judge these things. Second, the, the second argument that I hear people come up with, well, touch not mine anointed. This person, uh, he or she is anointed of God. Uh, this yeah, this text can this verse can be found in the Bible. In the context, however, refers to Israel's patriarchs and their descendants, not today's preachers or self-proclaimed apostles. And uh, this word about touching refers to not doing any physical harm. It has nothing to do with speaking the truth. We're not chasing Benny Hinn down the street with a baseball bat. All right, uh, we're not uh, you know. We don't want to run somebody out of town on a rail. This is not doing um, physical harm, but it's speaking the truth. It's uh, typical of what uh, David did in the cave of Adullam, I think it was, where Saul was uh, Saul went in there. Saul had been chasing David down and wanted to kill him, and David had like I believe two or three opportunities to kill David, uh, to kill Saul. Uh, one of which, when uh, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself, he went to go poopy. He made a boom boom, and while he was in there, um, David snuck up near him and cut a piece of his robe off. And then when when Saul left the cave, David came out and said, "I could have killed you, but I will not touch God's anointed." So, uh, different, totally different situation. All right, today we're going to be looking now. I know that people who listen to this podcast are going to be very, very upset with me. 
and they're going to, and before you touch the Lord's anointed and why are you being judgmental, we're going to be talking about Bible heresy, okay? What is heretical doctrine? If it's not in here, it's out of the pit of hell, all right? And if it, it, you know, I've put that up on the screen many times. If it's not in the Bible, it's from the pit of hell. Remember, Satan is a liar, the father of lies, so all lies initially come from him. So please, if you're upset about what I say today, I want you to write to me at the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. The truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. It's up on the screen here. And you can uh, write to me and we'll talk about it. I have absolutely no problems discussing it. I just want you to understand that this is, um, what I'm bringing up is in accordance to God's word. And if you're upset because I'm hitting a preacher that you particularly like, and maybe you need to examine some things yourself and line it up with the word of God, I challenge you to check to see if the things I'm telling you is true. Just the way the Bereans did. Okay, Bereans in Acts 17. They searched the scriptures daily to see if what the apostles said was true. Now, this particular preacher, and I, I you know, and I even hesitate to, to use that term because in all essence, uh, this person is not uh, teaching the Word of God. In fact, they go outside of the Word to um, actually just call And uh, we, we talked about uh, on that, uh, the last program. Uh, if you remember, I, I talked about uh, E.W. Kennan. I talked about uh, But this is the lady I want to talk about today, and that's Joyce Meyer. So who is Joyce Meyer? Well, she is published, has published over 100 books and is on TV and radio and falls within the guidelines of being a false teacher of the Word of God or the Word of Faith movement. She was born in 19, June of 1943 in St. Louis. Her father served in the Army during World War II and, was raised, and she was raised by her mother initially. When her father returned from the Army, he abused her sexually, emotionally, and verbally, according to, according to Joyce. After one failed marriage, she met Dave Meyer in 1967, who supported and encouraged her. <clears throat> she claims that while driving to work in 1976, she received a personal message from God, which left a deep impact on her life. She became a member of Our Savior's Lutheran Church in St. Louis and had the start of a ministry as a teacher at, the local cafeteria, at a local cafeteria for early morning classes. Becoming an active participant of the Live Christian Center, which was a charismatic church in Fenton, she soon was appointed as the church's associate pastor. <clears throat> Wrong. Where her teaching of the Bible gained so much popularity. And I'll explain that later. In 1985, she founded her own ministry, Life in the Word, and it was broadcasted on WGN in Chicago and on BET. Now, 
This lady has become infamous in her because of her excessive and lavish lifestyle. She has a $10 million jet and a $2 million home. Okay. Uh, kind of you have to wonder about things like this because 1 Peter 5.2 says this, and you, we're going to be hearing this scripture uh, a lot during, the, uh, during our studies in the Word Faith Movement, but it says this, 1 Peter 5.2 says, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Now, through the years in ministry, she has promoted (coughs) many false doctrines. All right, check this out. Check this one out. Here's starting for number one. He could have helped himself up until the point where he said, I commend my spirit into your hands. At that point, he couldn't do nothing for himself anymore. He had become sin. He was no longer the Son of God. He was sin. No longer the Son of God, but sin. That's heresy. And that's right up in front of you. And I don't understand why anybody would want to even accept that. It's not even in the Scripture. There's nowhere in Scripture that says that Jesus lost his divinity. John 17, 5 says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, I'm going to, again, say what I said in the last podcast on this subject. Jesus did not become sin. No, unequivocally, no. They base this belief on this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, uh, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word sin that is used here in the Greek could mean sin or sin offering. A Greek person reading this would know exactly what the context means, and it would understand that Jesus became a sin offering. If Jesus became sin, his sacrifice would not have been accepted by God. Remember the sacrificial lamb that we saw in the Old Testament, which was a type and shadow of Christ, was holy before, during, and after the sacrifice. It never became unholy. If Jesus became sin, then his sacrifice would have been tainted, and we would not have be in a right place with God now because Jesus Christ would have been considered unholy. So she is saying that he stopped being the divine, eternal son. She also says that Jesus was the first person to be born again, and she's completely wrong here. Being born again means being saved from the wrath of God to come, and it is a biblical phrase indicating regeneration. I hope you're understanding that. Here's the next one. Listen to this. And, you know, I was listening to a set of tapes by one man, and he explained it like this, and I think this kind of gets the point across. He said, you know, why do people have such a fit 
about God calling His creation, His creation, His man, not His whole creation, but His man, little gods. If He's God, what's He going to call them but the God kind? I mean, if you as a human being have a baby, you call it a human kind. If, if cattle has another cattle, they call it cattle kind. So, I mean, what's God supposed to call us? Doesn't the Bible say we're created in His image? Yeah. I am not poor. Oh, hold not on a second. I jumped ahead of this. Sorry about that. I hit the pause button, but it didn't stay. Yeah. Uh, she. This is a misinterpretation of Scripture of Psalm 82.6. This is where they draw this from. God says, I said you are gods. You are all the sons of the Most High. The Scripture is referring to the judges of Israel being called gods by virtue of their position as judges. They're representing God and no other person. That's all they're talking about is the judges. This passage cannot be taken to mean that men are gods. Yet the word faith teaching is that we are little gods. Because, hey, like begets like, and we somehow must have the same nature as God himself. Romans 8.23, mark it in your Bible, clearly states that we do not share God's nature since Christians are simply adopted and not natural sons. It says this, not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions, adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The little God's doctrine is unbiblical and it should be avoided at all costs. You are not a little God. That is not where we're at. Remember, we're adopted into the, into, in, by God. We're not little God. It doesn't come by natural selection. Also, when speaking about the son, sonship of believers, the New Testament is referring to the fact that Christians have entered into a relationship with God as their father. Christian conversion, conversion then involves being renewed into the moral likeness of God rather than being transformed into a God. It's not going to happen. 2 Peter 1.4 says this, Through these things he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God has given us his moral likeness, his moral uh, nature, not his divine nature. There are things that God has that, are, that cannot be, um, they're, they're not communicable. As you've heard of communicable diseases, right? Gee, I wonder if there's been one lately we can talk about. But something that's communicable that can be transferred from one person to another, God's power, there are some things that God's, uh, God has that is not communicable. We are not omnipresent. We are not omnipotent, omnipotent. We're not. We we're not all-knowing, all-powerful. We're not everywhere at once, we can, and we never will be. Those things belong to God himself, not us. We are not little gods. Uh, I, I hope some of this is getting through to you folks. I really, really do. All right, number next. I am not poor. I am 
am not miserable and I am not a sinner. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is what I were. And if I still was, then Jesus died in vain. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I didn't stop sinning until I finally got it through my sick head. I wasn't a sinner anymore. And the religious world thinks that's heresy and they want to hang you for it. But the Bible says that I'm righteous and I can't be righteous and be a sinner at the same time. She's not a sinner. She's not a sinner. This is yet another heretical statement from Joyce. She needs to repent because she is a sinner. 1 John 1.8 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I, don't argue with me. It's in the Word of God. That's 1 John 1.8. All right? And, and Paul says this in 1 Timothy 1.15. He said, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He didn't say, I was the worst sinner. He said, I am the worst sinner. King James, I think, says, in whom I am chief. Paul calls himself the chiefest of sinners, the worst of sinners. And do you think Joyce is better in character than these two apostles? I think not. And if she does not recognize her own sinfulness, then she places herself outside the true family of God. Okay, because we are sinners saved by grace. And we sin every day in one degree or another. But thank goodness we have an advocate with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. That's what John also goes on to say. Let me find it. The Lord's telling me to look it up. Well, he's not speaking to me. I'm not saying God's speaking to me. I just feel a nudging in my spirit. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, let him who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Um, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours. This also goes with another one, the atoning sacrifice the sin offering, uh, for our sins, but not only for ours, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world, except for Joyce. Oh, that's, sorry, that's the Barney translation. See, now one may argue that, oh, well, she spoke of these things in the past, and in fact, she recently said that her teaching on prosperity and faith has gotten out of balance. And that's evidence that she's repented of these things and she's okay now. Justin Peters said this, Genuine repentance bears fruit. Genuine repentance looks like Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus in Luke 19 where I talked about he climbed the tree and then, you know, when Christ talked to them, he, he gave away half of what he owned to the poor and he gave back what he stole from people four times as much. It would look more like Zacchaeus making his sins right. Genuine repentance from Joyce Meyer 
would look like her confessing that she has been teaching a false Jesus with a false gospel. She would confess that God has not spoken to her at all during those times, as she's claimed that he has. She would withdraw her endorsements of Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, and Joel Osteen and call them out as false teachers that they are. She would immediately shut her ministry down, join a doctrinal, doctrinally sound church, and spend years learning sound doctrine under biblically qualified elders. This would be evidence of genuine repentance. I truly hope and pray that she does this one day, but as of now, she has not. Okay. Uh, Joyce is also in violation of 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2. Uh, restricting the office of a pastor and an elder to qualified males only. Don't argue with me. It's in the scripture. Paul talks about this. The women should be silent in church. The women should not have authority over a man. Women are not to be pastors. They're not to be elders. It's okay if they teach. That's fine. But they are not to be ministers of the gospel in a pastoral or an elder position. All right, I'm sorry. She says, and I heard her say this, oh, I don't have authority over my husband. Well, that's not what Paul was talking about because he was making reference to the church, not over individual, individual married people. I'm telling you folks, this is a very tough thing for me because I know there are people out there right now that are screaming at the speakers and screaming at their, their phones and stuff saying that, Sal, you're wrong. And trust me, I'm not trying to put this lady down. I am just trying to point out the heresy. Okay, oh, okay. So here's another one where she teaches that Jesus was tormented in hell. I believe I played this last week for y'all. But uh, here it is again. Stand by. Oh, they were having the biggest party that ever been had. They had my Jesus in the floor, and they were standing on his back, jumping up and down, laughing. And he had become sin. All the hosts of hell were upon him, upon him, up on him. All the hosts of hell was upon him, upon him. They got on him. They got him down in the floor and got on him. And they were laughing and mocking. Ah, ha, 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 ha. You trusted God, and look where you ended up. You thought he'd save you and get you off that cross. He didn't. Ha, ha, ha. Again, Jesus became sin. No, he did not. She teaches, you just heard it, that that Jesus was tormented in hell. That he had to be, and this is typical of the faith, the word faith movement. We'll talk more on the other side of the break. Be right back.
You know, I was listening the other day, I was going through some stuff on music and whether we should be listening to people from Hillsong and things like that. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult place to be because, uh, you know, but I heard, but we'll talk about that another time, but uh, I heard this brother talking about it and he said that, yes, the, the churches that these people are based in do teach heretical doctrine. Oh, isn't that nice? Um, well, my question is, he's, oh, and he said, he said, oh, about only about 30% of the doctrine they teach in those churches are heretical, and we shouldn't throw away all of it for only 30% of wrong teaching. Well, my dear brother, if you happen to be tuning in to this, where is your head? All right. So some people will say that although Joyce and other teachers like her have heretical doctrines, they teach, that they teach about Jesus and the Word, so I'll take what I want and I'll leave the rest. They don't even teach about the same Jesus. This is a Jesus that lost his divinity. Their Jesus died, uh, had to be suffered and tormented in hell for three days. Their Jesus was the first one to be born again. Their Jesus... Uh, it, Paul warns us, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough in Galatians 5.9. He was warning the Galatians <laughs> that a little bit of false teaching, a little bit of it can spoil the, all of the teaching. And if you don't think that that's true, let me ask you this. All right, let's say I went out into my front yard and I took a little, just a tiny, maybe not even a, te- not even a teaspoon, maybe a, an eighth of a, just of a, about maybe about that big, about that big, that just little bit of dog poop from my yard. And I brought it in the house and I put it in a brownie mix and I made up all this brownies and really good looking too. I mean, I put all the sugar in there and the flour and the, the chocolate and I got everything all mixed up, threw it in the oven and baked it. And I told you, hey, here you go. It's got just a little bit of dog poop in it. Would you eat it? Would you? No, you wouldn't, because you know that little bit of dog poop in there is going to spoil the whole thing, right? Well, the teachings that they teach that don't line up for this is that little bit of dog poop. And it's that little bit of leaven that works its way through the whole batch of dough. That little bit of false teaching spoils everything. Can't go by the thing, the one bad apple, don't spoil the whole bunch, girl. In the case of doctrine and biblical foundations, if you're off in a little bit, and I'm not talking about whether you speak in tongues or don't speak in tongues. I'm not talking about whether you believe in mid-trib, pre-trib, post-trib, somewhere else in the trib, trib, trib thing. I'm talking about basic biblical doctrine. One, is this the Word of God? Yes. Two, is Jesus the Son of God, yes. Has he always existed as the Son of God? Yes. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, throughout eternity, have always been. Let us make man in our image. We were a creation made in the likeness of God. Are these things, these things are unmovable. We cannot move on those 
things. They would be doctrinally in error. <clears throat> we can't move on those. And if these teachers are teaching, putting a little bit of poop in the teaching, but sound good all the way else around, not good. I would, uh, I would encourage you to do two things. One, the Bible says is clear that we must study to show ourselves approved. Okay, we have to be approved of God, a workman to show ourselves approved of God, that we're not to be ashamed and who can rightly divide the word of truth. If you continue to read the word, if you continue to study the word, if you continue to seek God for the truth in his word, you will less likely be drawn to false teachers such as Joyce Meyer and Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn and T.D. Jakes and, and, and add on infinitum ad nauseum. Because you will see the truth in here and say, wait a minute, what you just, that doesn't sound right. What do you mean we're little gods? What do you mean there's nine gods? What are you talking about? Second thing I would, I would encourage you to do is check out teachers like Justin Peters. I would also suggest you check out Billy Crone. If you get his app, it's uh, getalifeministry.com. If you check out his app, you can go to the website, getalifemedia.com, or you can download the app on, on your Apple or your iPhone or your, your, your Android. And you look under there and you will find teachings on the error of the charismatic movement, the charismatic movement exposed, or I forgot how he put it. But I would check it out, okay? He goes through a real detailed history of where these teachings come from and the background of the, the occultic background on some of these things. Oh, I want to ask you guys a question. This is something else that the charismatic movement does. And I just I was learning about this the other day and kind of shocked me. Have you ever heard of grave soaking? Yeah, grave soaking. Look it up. It's there. In other words, these people believe you can go to the grave of a saint that died who has had an anointing on his or her life and lay on their grave and soak in the anointing. And thereby you have it for yourself and you can go out and do what they did. That's occultic. That is straight out of the demonic occult. Check into it and get back to me on that. But I would, I would challenge you to look that up. So check on Justin Peters on YouTube. Go to uh, getalifeministry.com and check out um, um, Billy Crone. And he has a lot to talk about, not only about end times prophecy, but about the uh, word faith movement. You can check into that. And he does a whole series of studies on Satanism and everything else. It's all in there. And you'll be surprised how much of this word faith movement, this positive confession gig, parallels, parallels the occult. Scary. Um, yeah, because things like the little God, we're little gods, that's Mormonism. That's Mormonism. 
And we need to um, we need to put a kibosh on that. We really do. But uh, I mentioned before that I mentioned before that the being born again is a biblical term that has to do with uh, uh, the regeneration process. And that when we become uh, born again, we are saved from the wrath of God that is to come. And it's a biblical phrase indicating regeneration. When they say that Jesus was born again, that means that he was a sinner. And he was not. He was born without sin. And I I don't know where these people get off telling these things. And y'all just listen to them, and you just open up your mouth and go, yep, that's right. And you just swallow in all this garbage. And it's not biblical. And then you get upset when someone like me me, (coughs) comes along and... And uh, um, and tells you that um, no, <laughs> that uh, um, that this stuff is is false teaching, and you get upset with me as somehow these look these people are not Christians, they don't belong in the family of God. They're not there. I cannot believe that somebody who is spirit filled would ever teach this heretical doctrine. And they'll come out with things like, well, God met with me in my living room, and we sat down and had a cup of coffee, and he was telling me things like, really? One of these preachers said that God asked him his opinion on something. I didn't know that God needed this preacher's opinion to get things done. No. Look, the uh, if you you need to be studying the word to understand all this. God, Jesus didn't become sin. He didn't need to be born again. You need to stick into the word of God. Here you go. I just, my eyes just fell on it. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus was, even though he was a man. All right. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Well, there's another thing, too. If the high priest wasn't right with God, he wouldn't be allowed into the Holy of Holies. So how could Jesus have not been God or have been sin and then enter the Holy of Holies? <clears throat> so let us hold fast, or hold firmly to our faith that we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help us in our time of need. And here you go. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He, Jesus, is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to our weaknesses. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of, his, of the people. That's the high priest. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. <clears throat> and he says in another place, <clears throat> You are priest forever in the, after the order of Melchizedek. So now we know that he is... He's been, <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus. But he's, he has now offered that sacrifice once for all for us. Okay? This is not it's not rocket science according to the word of God. But when these people start bringing up these false doctrines <clears throat> if you were grounded in the word of God, you would not be led astray by these false teachers. Remember, the Bible tells us that in the last times, many of these false teachers are going to come. And it also says that, um, that people who they want, they'll gather to get around them, these teachers, to tickle their itching ears. Who wants to sit in a sermon and a message and listen to somebody say, hell is real, the fires of hell are real, there's a, you know, a hell to shun, there's a heaven to gain, and you're a sinner. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. People don't want to hear that. They would rather hear, hear touchy-feely good stories about, about things. Or, hey, I controlled the hurricanes. We control the weather. Did you know that? That's another thing. That's the Copeland's talked about that one. I love that one. Do you know we control hurricanes? Oh, we could control the weather. Yeah. Where were they during... All these major hurricanes that struck. Where were they recently when the tornadoes tore through that 250 miles of places? Why couldn't they just rebuke that for those people? Not to mention the healings. You know, we're in the middle of a COVID plague here. How come they're not in the hospital laying hands on people and they supposedly have this power? I think people got to think about these things, okay? So, remember the dog poop scenario, the <laughs> story. That little bit of dog poop is going to spoil the whole thing. You know, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. All right, Galatians 5, 9. A little bit of false teaching ruins the whole blessed thing. Don't be caught up in that. Please don't be caught up in that. You don't want to be. You want to be finding... Um, Jesus in a way that uh, you learn about him in a way that uh, you will only learn from his word. Don't get caught up in the, in the, in the false teachings. Don't get caught up in the false doctrines because that will destroy you. It will lead you to a place where 
you may you, you may want to even doubt your salvation. They you know people they they do these things in these churches just to gather numbers in. Oh, and to feed their lifestyle. Ten million dollar airplane, two million dollar house. Do you really need that? Really? I once uh, read a book called Sit, Walk, Stand. And it uh, was written by a man named Watchman Nee. He was a tremendous word, man of God, studying the Word of God, preaching out in uh, Korea or China. I can't remember exactly where. But somewhere there over in Asia, and he was helping out in this town. And uh, the government had heard about him, and, and they, they wanted to arrest him because he had been spreading Christianity. And he arrived at this, they arrived at this little village and they saw this old guy all tattered and dirty, filthy from head to toe, and he was pushing a wheelbarrow full of manure. And they said to him, uh, excuse me, can you tell, well, they probably didn't say excuse me, but they probably came in and say, where can we find this great preacher, Watchman Nee? And he said, I'm Watchman Nee. And they looked at him perplexed, and they said, you're a great preacher like this, and you, they make you push barrels of manure, wheelbarrows of manure? And he said, no. He says, because I'm a great preacher, preacher that I desire to push wheelbarrows full of manure. I don't think you'd see Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, or any of these people volunteering to push wheelbarrows of poop. They'll shovel it to you, but they're not going to push it. They'd rather have their multi-million dollar homes, airplanes. I think Copeland's got, what, 10? Did I say on the last one? He has no, no less than 10. Um, 10 airplanes? Let me see. What did I... Let me look that up real quick. Kenneth Copeland... Yeah, he's a real character, this one. We went over his stuff on the last one. Um, five airplanes, one of which is valued at $17.5 million. His net worth is to be $760 million, is estimated. And he stands up there and he preaches this wealth and prosperity thing. You plant a seed for $1,000, you send me $1,000, and uh, I guarantee you'll get it back and more. They use the fur, you know, they use cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days it shall come back to you. They use Jesus' phrase of give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. And they take those things, those state, those scriptures out of context, and they make you send them money so that they can build their lavish lifestyle. And they they base it all on this: "Oh, if you give to me, you'll get back a hundredfold. Try it. Send me a thousand dollars, and you'll see. You'll get. Wow." What did I read here at the beginning? What was that scripture that I read about? 
It says what? (laughs) Oh, Lord. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Are you greedy for money? Joyce? Uh, she was being interviewed. If you look up, if you look up Justin Peters, he has a, a lot of these videos out there of her that he's compiled. But and I think uh, I've heard it on Billy too. She was being interviewed by this um, reporter, and they said, "You know, are, are when you know you say people you give it to you and and God will give back to them." Oh yes, absolutely. She says, "Aren't you concerned? Doesn't it bother you? Doesn't it doesn't disturb you at all that?" People are giving their last bits of money to you in hopes to get more back. They're giving their rent money, month that money that they needed for food or groceries. Nope, doesn't bother me a bit, she says. Doesn't bother her a bit. Uh, I think she needs to think about this because it's wrong. It's wrong. I watched one um, one show with one of these hyperfaith teachers. I forgot who it was. Um, it was on one of the secular shows, and they had tried to, you know, they chased this guy down and they found out that, yeah, you send in your prayer request with a check. It goes into this clearinghouse. They take the check and they throw the prayer request away and it goes into this huge dumpster. Now, not all of them do that, but, you know, it it makes you wonder. And people are praying, you know, they went back to where the dumpster was behind this warehouse where all these checks came into and they found envelope after envelope with the money taken out and the prayer requests just thrown away like garbage. Just thrown away like garbage. Because they're not interested in your prayers. They're not interested in you. They do not care for you. What they care for is money. And power. And they teach the word of God. They teach heretical doctrine. They teach false teachings. Because it fits into their narrative that makes you want to give, makes sure all you have to do is believe. And if you don't receive after you give, then there's something wrong with your faith. Because we have the authority to tell God what to do. How dare you go to the one who spoke the world into existence, to the one who said, let light be, Light was. That's what the scripture says. That's the Hebrew. I love that. Let light be. Light was. Instantaneously. God speaks it in to existence. We do not have that authority. They base that whole thing on the fact that we are little gods with the same divine nature and we could speak it into existence. That is, that's heresy. And that's, name it and claim it. And that's from the New Age movement, positive confession. With your words, you're justified. With your words, you're condemned. Now, listen. There is something that happens inside a person when they get motivated, when they say to themselves, 
I'm not going to let this cancer lick me. I'm going to get up. I'm going to move out of this thing. I'm going to, and they, something happens within their body and they change. They, they're motivating themselves. The Bible tells us we need to pull ourselves, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. In other words, encourage yourself. Get up and encourage yourself. Don't sit there and waller in the mud. But no matter how many times you say, my pickup truck is going to be a Cadillac, or I'm going to, my, I want my pickup truck to be a Class A motorhome so I can go around and preach the gospel which I would love to do, by the way, but that's another thing. No, you have to trust God for your provisions. You have to trust God. You can't speak things into existence. Only God speaks things into existence. Okay? We cannot. It says God can call things that be not as though they were. We can't. Listen to what's being said of one of these teachers. Pay close attention to it, because without it, they are going to lead you astray, and you're going to have some serious, serious issues as you roll down the road of life, because you just don't want that hanging over your head. That, that, but God, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all of these wonderful things in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You don't want to hear God say that. Stick to the Word of God. If you continue to read the Word, study the Word, seek God for the truth in His Word, you will less likely be drawn into these false teachings. You know, men like the, who wrote this song, Amazing Grace, they knew the truth of God's Word, and they understand that it's only through God's grace that we're saved. God didn't have to save us. He could let us all go to hell which is where we're going automatically if we don't accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter who your mommy and daddy were, they were members of a church, doesn't matter if you grew up in a church, doesn't matter. What matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why Nicodemus said, what do you mean being born again? Can I crawl back into my mother's womb and be born? He said, no, you've got to be born of the spirit and of water. Okay. Jesus meant that if you were to come to him, accept the work that he's done on the cross, okay, that you would be saved. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it's not just believing like, oh yeah, I, I, I understand, I believe, like I believe in a parachute. But it's not going to do any good if you jump out of an airplane and say, oh, yeah, I believe in a parachute. you got to put the parachute on and use it, right? So you have to take Jesus into your life and say, Lord, I, 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 I'm a sinner. I know I'm on my way to hell. I need you. Please save me, God. Something like that. There's no set prayer. You know, there's no set sinner's prayer. You have to ask God to forgive you, and he will. Just don't give up on God, please. Trust Him. Positive confession ain't going to do it. The only confession you need to make is, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You confess <laughs> before men. 
He saved me. And you will be changed. God will change you. Don't worry about, wow, I don't want to be one of these people. Go. Don't worry about it. God will take care of it. He'll bring you in his time. He'll help you to grow. You're a babe in Christ, and you have to take the milk of the word first. You learn from that, and you begin to grow. Then you begin to show. Okay, first you know, then you grow, and then you show, just like a plant. Okay? But you were going to show forth the praises of him who's brought you out of darkness into his glorious light. All right. Uh, I just want you to be prepared for what God has for you because the time is coming when we may not have that opportunity again. We may be... um, The rapture may happen today. It could happen tomorrow. You could die today. You could die tomorrow. I don't want to sound gloom, but you've got no guarantee. Can't be, you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. You got to think about this. Where are you going to go eternally? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? If you can't answer yes to that question, then you need Jesus. As I said, my, my prayer to Jesus was, Lord, I'm sorry, I give up. I give up. I can't do it anymore. I need you to take hold of everything. And he did. So I would encourage you to do the same. If you have any questions, you could write to me at thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. That's the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. And you type your question in the subject line. Okay? I promise you, you won't get spammed. I promise you, you're not going to get junk mail from me. I'm here all by myself. I don't have a, a team of people to answer these things. But I would love to help you. If you have any questions, concerns, comments about the show, write to me there as well. The truth must be told, 93 at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to, to answer, your, answer your questions. If you're watching this on, uh, on uh, YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe because that will uh, alert you when we come out with these great programs. And again, you can reach me at the truthmustbetold.com. I mean, truthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. and um, we hope to see you again soon I'll see you either here there or in the air but either way God bless enjoy the rest of your weekend we'll see you soon